Proverbs 31 woman is the perfect summary of what feminine energy is. Feminine energy in a wife, in a mother, in a businesswoman. What is that? What does that mean for us? And how can we embody this perfect woman, right? And it's not to be confused with, you know, because we all fall short of the glory of God. So what exactly is it to reach perfection? Aside from Proverbs 31 woman, it's important for us to piece other things together into what the Bible really is talking about with uh, what it is to just be a good person, right? And I want to point to that even Jesus, when he, someone came to talk to him, and they were like, oh, good rabbi, or something, they called him something good, right? And Jesus was like, there's only one that's good, and that's the Father. But the Bible then goes to say that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So that is one very amazing way and perfect way. It's almost like a hack to being what does holy mean, right? Because holy just means one in Hebrew. And being like the Father and like the Son and like the Holy Spirit, right? Being part of the Trinity is you embodying that good man, right? Because in the Bible, when it talks about, a lot of the times when it talks about man, it's talking about humans, right? So, for us, leaving an inheritance for our children's children does not always mean by means of money. Because an inheritance is not just money. What happens when you are short with your children and they start to pick up some of those behavior characteristics? Uh, what happens when you you go outside and curse out, you know, the delivery guy and now your your children are using those curse words? What happens and we could go on and on and on and on, right? The other day I saw a little girl um, who was three years old twerking. And that goes to show what your children will pick up. You train a child in the way that they should go and they will not depart. Why? Because in the first seven years of life, they are under a complete state of hypnosis. What does that mean? Their, their brains operate under a state of wavelength. Adult wavelengths do not, there's only one time of the day where an adult's brain goes to a theta wavelength, and that's when we're getting ready to go to sleep. Children operate under that state all day long. They're not, they're, it's, and I, I look at this because
because I see a lot of the times, like, when I'm talking to my daughter, she's just looking at me with the cutest little big eyes, and she's taking in what I'm saying, but she is trying to be um, careful of how she really responds to me, and I can tell that she, in her six-year-old way, she's attempting to be receptive, and I think it's just the cutest thing. And also, when I look at my daughter, I always look at my daughter like the little baby that was six months old that when she first learned how to crawl, she used to crawl on my back from one side of the couch to the other. And she would just do, and she still does that. She's six. The only difference is that her knee jabs really hurt now. It's, you know, it's not like, oh, she hit me with her knee. No, there's force in that bone. There's force in that meat. So, but she is still the same baby. And I look at her in that way because she is still under a state of hypnosis. So the only thing that really what you're able to see in her behavior is just mirror neurons. And she's just imitating everything that I do, everything that I say, how I behave. Her brain is under complete programming. If she's in open software right now, I'm in the back office of her um, programming. And I'm coding everything. And everything she sees, everything she hears, everything she smells, every, everything, everything she thinks in through her five senses. Because the five senses, the cognitive brain, is the spirit. Now, we know that the mind is the spirit. The entire body is the mind. And the thing is, is that a lot of people are assuming that, you know, the mind just stops at the brain and it does not. Because if we're talking about characteristics and behaviors, characteristics and behaviors don't stop in the brain. They go on to impulses and to the rest of the body. If you're disciplined, then you'll be disciplined in the rest of the body. If you are um, impulsive, you're going to be impulsive in the rest of the body because the mind is the entire body. And I just, I know that from where there is a scripture in Genesis 8, 21 that says that the imagination of a man's heart is evil from his youth. Now, this is really interesting because science tells us that the imagination is in the brain. It's in the mind. And then the Bible is teaching that the imagination is in the center of a man's um, spirit, right? It's in the center of a man's heart. So then that lets me know that the mind, it extends further than just the brain, right? But also, we have to think of our nervous system because we have our brain, which is the top of the tree, because men are trees. And all throughout the Bible, it references men as trees, right? And it talks about how when Jesus healed the blind man from, um, you know, healed his sight, he the blind man said to Jesus, I see men walking around like trees. I've heard preachers say that this was, you know, even Jesus makes mistakes. No, Jesus doesn't make mistakes. What Jesus was 
doing was he was healing his cognitive brain first because it's through cognition that we're able to uh, access our five senses because it's the cognitive brain that's responsible for our senses. And I want to correct myself because recently I found out that balance is one of our senses. So there's no longer five, right? Now there's, there's six and counting. So then it, it makes me think how, what else will science find out? But aside from that, this is what I believe will help you go into being a virtuous woman. Now, this is what Proverbs 31 is supposed to be. And that term means a woman of high morals. So to crack the code in simplest terms, if you want to have positive feminine energy, the first thing that you have to have is high morals. Higher than most, higher than many. What does that mean? You know, if you are a single woman, you know, are you going to have sex buddies? That's not a high moral to have a sex buddy. And that's not to be judgmental. This is to reflect on you what I've learned in my journey um, of doing things right and doing things wrong. And morals don't go down to you being a good person, just you being a good person. Morals go down to you loving the Lord your God with all of your mind, heart, soul, and strength. And Psalm 86 says that this is King David now. Now he's saying, I have said that you are all God because you're the sons of the Most High. So to love the Lord your God with all of your mind, heart, soul, and strength is to love you first, primarily, right? And there's no way that you can love God without loving yourself because God is you. That's why the Bible talks about your body being the temple and being careful how you treat it. And that's why it's because your body is a house. It's not just a tree. There, the Bible references many things, and that's because spiritually that's what you are, but it's not just a tree. It's a house. It's not just a house. It's a land. So I had a dream one time that I was laying down, and this is when I started seeing my body as land. Now, if you're a mom, you may have seen Moana. And, and this is why I love to see different cultures and different uh, regions of the world tell their stories, because what they're doing is just telling their story from the perspective that God allowed them to see it. If we're all God, then why wouldn't I hear out someone else and what they have to say in terms of the truth of who they are and the truth of who they, how they have seen God? Sure, the enemy can deceive, but how much of this will be true? Well, a lot of what you hear other people's stories um, sound like will 
rooted in the Bible. It will have sound doctrine. There's, and I want to make a point because we have to think. The Bible says that in the end days, my people will not endure sound doctrine. Well, we have to think what it's calling the Bible. The Bible is calling the Bible sound. Now, you may think, oh, well, sound means that it's not cuckoo-cachoo. And no, sound, it's just the little sense of the word sound. So we're thinking about wavelengths that turn into light. So what is it actually saying? The Bible is saying that in the end days, my people will not endure the doctrine of the light. Because he is the light. Because he is the light of men. And our neurotransmitters is what the light of men is. He is our light. He is the electricity that's surging through our body and our brain. So this is what I wanted to bring up. So in the beginning, of where it starts talking about a virtuous woman in Proverbs 31. It starts talking about it in verse 10, and it says, who can find a virtuous wife? So this is not, it's not just talking about a woman now, it's talking about a wife. And it goes deep because of the virtues, that is to say, the morals, the high morals of being a wife, the high morals of, I want to make it very, very clear that God doesn't permit divorce. So having positive feminine energy starts with that very important virtue. There isn't divorce permitted. Why? Because your mind are so intertwined because your memories are his memories because you share children because and this is I'm not saying you know to be with a sexually immoral man right because it it can be translated into many things but most importantly what I found it to be is if a man is having a hard time uh, staying true, I've also noted noticed such men have also a hard time not drinking. And drinking, it intoxicates the body. How? Well, it intoxicates the body with mold. And when the Bible calls it the kingdom of death, it calls it the kingdom of, biology calls it the kingdom of fungi. So I know that we've always heard the terminology in the Bible, but now let's break it down, you know, to kids. Keep it simple, stupid, right? And the terminology, the kingdom of death, translated in science, in biology, to the kingdom of fungi. That is the kingdom of mold, yeast, mildew, uh, mushrooms, 
and I think that's about it. Fungi, fungus. So here's the thing. Any food that we consume that has a high uh, concentration of fungal properties is what the kingdom of death would be. Mushrooms is the other one. But mushroom is the, is the other one. And it's important. It's important for us to stay clean from those things because what you don't realize is that, for one, eating them will intoxicate. But it also, it, we have to remember that this is a spirit, okay? And a spirit is just a mind, right? According to Ephesians 4.23, a spirit is just a mind. And if it's a mind then it's a mindset and it will take over you in that mindset. So sure, there are other things that are filled with complete death, like, you know, chips. Every time that I, I look at chips, I see mold. Um, and that's something that was I was able to achieve through a lot of fasting and cleaning the blood. And when you clean the blood, and through fasting, you clean it from glucose, and glucose can be translated directly to and linked to a lot of diseases, and that's because of the fungal um, properties in glucose. Why? Because when you go to eat fruit, and fruit have a lot of fungal properties, and so does meat. So when you go to eat fruit, you go and you eat uh, when it, the, the sweetest state of fruit is the state right before it starts to mold. And that's how you know that it is sweetest when it's about to mold. Why? Because sugar is the first state of decomposition. I said that to someone the other day, and they said, that makes so much sense because our bodies are constantly composing. So what does that mean? That since our body, bodies are constantly composing, that means that if, when you think of a composition, think of a written piece of written piece of music. That's what a composition is. So if our bodies are constantly harmonizing and buzzing with this high vibration, of life, then anytime you take this in, so basically, what I want to say is that a man like this is usually intoxicated a lot, okay, and I'm not telling you to condone that, because the Bible also says that I have against you this, that because you have tolerated that Jezebel, I will send your children into a sickbed, and you tolerating a man that's adulterous, because the Bible does not condone adultery, if you tolerate a man that's adulterous, what you'll do is you'll make your children sick, like I did. I made my own sick. So that's to go on to say high virtues of not having sex, of holding on. The thing is this, that that... Your vagina is a portal, and the moment that you allow a man in that is not your husband, what you're doing is you're allowing hell to step right on in 
and take over. And what you'll start to do is you will start to treat this man like you own him. You'll want to control him. You'll want, and you're like, oh, no, it's not that big of a deal. But inside, you're like, no, this is, he's mine. And you almost, like, have sex with him to claim him. But men don't have sex that way. And you're setting yourself up for failure. Because if you go and have sex with a man, what you're doing is initiating your marriage. But you're not initiating his marriage. Let me explain. When you have sex with a man, a woman's brain releases oxytocin. Now, this is the uh, hormone that is responsible for bonding. It happens, it's released during bonding, it's released um, during sex, and during climax, during sex, and it's also released during breastfeeding. And then you'll start to obsess over this man that did not marry you because what the definition of marrying is mentally in the Bible. What the Bible refers to marrying is to become one in the mind, not just in the body. So what ends up happening is you become one with this man in the mind, but he in your mind, through the act of sex, but he never married you. He's going to dog you. And the Bible says that dogs don't enter into heaven. Now, moving right along. I don't know why that one took so long. <laughs> now, for her worth is far above rubies, right? Because that's what virtues are. And we're talking about the streets of gold here. And it's funny because I had a dream one day that I went up to, um, I was in this ancient ruin of a town. And God, the Father, and God, the Son, stood next to me. And they were like, start singing. And I said, uh, okay. And I was half asleep. It was my watch hour. I was half asleep. And I started to sing. And... As I started to sing, God the Father and God the Son both turned into liquid gold. And I kept singing, and then I turned it into liquid gold. And we started painting the streets of heaven gold. Now, there was one house I was passing by that I turned it into marble in my mind. And then um, God the Father said to me, don't do that. You cannot do that here. Everything has to be gold. And that, and then I understood the essence of what turning the of the of heaven being the street of gold. So your worth has to be far above rubies. Now you're not going to be able to do that when you have all of these imaginations and thoughts roaming around in your mind. And it will happen because what you're letting in is a principality when you have sex with a man that you're not married to. The Bible says that if you break one law, you would have broken all of the laws. Why? Because there's only one spirit. And that one spirit is the serpent spirit. There is no other. 
one spirit. And that serpent spirit is part of your own brain. It's called the reptilian brain. It's at the back of the brain. It's right at the brain stem, right above the vertebrae. And this reptilian brain is also called the primitive brain. And this brain sends signals up to the amygdala. This amygdala, this part of the brain is called the baby gate. This baby gate is the literal gate of hell. And that is why the Bible says it talks about gates because they're in the brain. And you allowing this man to have sex with you, then he's not picking up the phone because he has every right to do so. He is not married to you, nor did he ever express interest to even want to be with you. Or maybe he did and you fell for it and he was just playing you. So now, whatever mindset he's dealing with, he has cast it on you by the way that he has treated you. Because once a person treats you a certain way, you start, it's the mirror neuron effect, and you will start to imitate, reflect, and mirror his behavior from his own perverse mindset. Now, the heart of her husband safely trusts her, and that's because he knows that he is safe. You know, I had a big problem with being with a uh, with a man. I had a big problem uh, not being an independent woman, and this is a problem that we have in this day and age. It is hard to be a soft woman. Why? Because you start believing that uh, no man can treat you right after one uh, completely dogs you, and then you're dealing with jaded woman syndrome. And that's the absolute worst place to be. You don't want to be in jaded woman syndrome because then you are unapproachable. You are... Um, it's hard to, to marry you. It's hard to, you know, um, give you everything that you need because a man's responsibility is to protect and provide. And the thing about a man protecting and providing is that no matter how old you are, no matter how old he is, he could be a 24-year-old man and you could be a 34-year-old woman. He will always have one up on you because his body is genetically created to protect and provide. The reason why the man is supposed to be the head of the household is not because God is some evil man spirit that's out with a vendetta towards women. No, it has nothing to do with uh, emotion. It has everything to do with biology, with neurology, with physiology. This man has a surge of testosterone more than you do. And testosterone is the chemical that is responsible for providing and protecting. And the reason why you would never be able to have one up on your husband and why the Bible says that you will, your, um, your desire will be to be after your husband. It's saying that you will want to be over your husband and you won't be able to. And it's because 
we are genetically created to be nurturers. We are supposed to be the equilibrium of the family. We're supposed to have the emotional intelligence. That's why women appear to be more mature than men at such an early age. But no matter how old this man will be, he will always be superior to a woman's physiology. And that's simply because he was created to protect and to provide. And so... In terms of him safely trusting you, this is huge because you have to be so secure in who you are, in your own physiology, in your own anatomy. You have to be so secure in who you are as a woman for you to be able to trust your husband when he goes to make a money move. You have no idea. I have been proven wrong time and time again when it comes to money and me facing off with a man. And it happened to me with my ex-husband. I was angry with him. I was so angry with him because I didn't trust him. That was, that was first and foremost. He was just all over the place with women. So I didn't trust him. But he made an executive move for the family while I was on maternity leave and had no money coming in. And when I didn't have any money coming in, we didn't have the money to uh, pay for the car note and to pay for some repairs that came up uh, when the water pump fell out of the car. Now, this was a big issue because this was the only car that we had. So, he decided to let Ford, it was a Ford estate, he decided to let Ford come and repo the car, and then he went and got another car. Because he said it's far better for me to go and get a brand new car than to have a car that's going to leave us on the side of the road. And you know what he did? He provided for us for seven years ongoing. And, I mean, this was back in 2016. And we're in 2023, and we're still going strong with the car. And he provided that. Another instance, I bought an AC unit, and when I bought the AC unit, I wanted the, you know, the window peeking out. I saw a previous landlord do it, but, you know, that just didn't sit right with the contractor. And then he said, you know what, I'm going to go get the other AC unit that I have in my house. I'll be right back. And I was going to have for the, to wait for the AC unit. I was going to have to wait for him to get those, those jobs done. And what his, in his genetics, in his um, physiology, he already was one-track-minded on providing cool air to pull down the basement that was molding because it was way too hot. And immediately, he solved an issue that I was having, that I was hungo on, oh, something wasn't going to be free, or, oh, this is going to hurt the children. He's like, what are you talking about? This could hurt the children. Let's just do this. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I felt like he was just being um, confrontational, but he really wasn't. The person I was being confrontational was me because I didn't trust him. So part of being a woman that a man can trust is being a woman that understands 
place. Now, I don't mean that you have a place and you should know it. No. And you have to understand that I was a woman that dealt with a lot of heartache and a lot of, like, I was jaded. I didn't have, what? Understand my place. I'll do this ten times better than you, and you're going to feel my wrath. That's how I was. But I broke out of that once I saw that I'm not being understanding. That it's not that he wants to rule over me. It's that he wants to provide and protect. Now, how can he provide and protect if you're not letting him? If you want to fight him on everything that he does, if you want, are you going to put some trust in your husband? Don't marry a man that you cannot trust. That's A1 steak sauce. Don't go after it. Just abort. Because if you can't trust this man, you are heading towards destruction. You will ruin the children, you will ruin the marriage, and you will ruin the man and your men. If you know you're having trust issues, you need to work that out with a therapist. You need to work that out with, not friends, a licensed psychologist. And you know what? I even tried to be like, oh, only my pastor can, um, can counsel me. I will only go to my pastor. And then uh, your pastor will be ill-equipped because it is science. God is science. Everything in the Bible is pointing to science. Now, if a psychologist have, has studied the brain and studied the science of psychology, I suggest you go to a licensed mental health counselor because they're more qualified to help you through your issues, to help you with your issues in your uh, love life, with your children, and, you know, it was a therapist who taught me. It wasn't even school. I I started taking a couple of, uh, of psychology courses, but I wasn't that much in debt. She'd already had her master's. And she said to me, you know, children don't develop reasoning. They don't develop cause and effect, meaning they don't think of the consequences until they're nine years old. The milestone for a, ch a child's brain to develop reasoning is at nine years old. Now, if that child has gone through trauma, they may have missed the nine-year-old mark. They may reach it at 10, 11, or even 12, right? So now, having that presence where you are there, you understand the number one thing that hurts a woman is is trying to hurt me. Now, this is going to go even deeper if you have been abandoned by a parent, if you have been rejected by a parent, especially your father, if you have been rejected or abandoned by a male, by your male parent, you will have a hard time knowing what it is to submit to a man. I noticed that uh, Muslim women have a really, really easy time submitting to a man because their fathers were present. They have, it's a more holistic family. That's what they have. And I even said that to a Muslim man uh, recently. He was like, no, my family is actually very dysfunctional. <laughs> but uh, women have an easier time submitting to their husbands because of the culture. And I think that we need to start normalizing 
trust in here. And the Bible says trust no man. So how do you build trust? See, the Bible says trust no man, but here in this scripture is saying the heart of her husband basically trusts her. Now, if he's saying that his heart trusts her, then what is the heart? Because Genesis 8.21 talks about the imagination of a man's heart. So what does that mean? His mind. His mind trusts his wife. How do you get a man to trust you? You get a man to trust you definitely not by putting out, definitely not by giving in and, you know, listening to all his sweet whispers. No, you have to be mentally strong. And I suggest not to even uh, masturbate. You know, oh, I'm a woman. I have, you know, you need to have. And you need to renew that part of your brain because that neuron is communicating incorrectly. You do not have to have sex in order to uh, thrive. You don't. For you, it, you will turn your life upside down with sex. Disciplining your body from sex is the highest energy that you can produce. It will contaminate your chi. It will contaminate your energy. And yes, you do have energy because that is what your brain is constantly creating. It's creating electricity. And if you didn't have energy, then the Bible would not have said to love the Lord your God with all of your mind, heart, soul, and strength. What is your strength? It is your energy. Your feminine energy relies on being able to completely embody the, oh, I don't care. Because, see, once you start masturbating, then you start wanting to have sex. Once you start wanting to have sex, then you're driven to it in one of those weak moments. Because I tell you what, once he starts licking and sucking and kissing on your neck, I'm sorry. If that made you uncomfortable, it shouldn't have. Because I got to keep it real. If that, if we get to that point, you've already started having sex with him. Whether he touched your vagina or not, you have already started having sex with him because those are um, hot spots of the body that directly communicate with your vagina. So he may not have to be touching your vagina, but he's touching your vagina because your vagina is not only down between your legs. Your vagina is on your neck. Your vagina is on your ear. Your vagina is your lips. Your vagina is your nipples. All of those are hot spots that are, com that are directly communicating with your vagina. Don't do it. Well, guys, that's all the time I have for today. Over and out.